right, good morning, real life. How are you guys doing? You guys were worshiping. There's people getting after it. Thank you. Yes, 42 yesterday, I know. I don't look a day older. Well, maybe I do. Uh, let's welcome our Pullman folks. Hi, Pullman. Miss you guys. Love you guys. You guys know there's an awesome church that's, that's just as part of us as anything else. There's three to 400 people every Sunday that are attending church over there in Pullman and hearing some of the amazing messages that, that we hear and that are doing life. And so you have a whole other community of brothers and sisters that are doing amazing things in Pullman. And so we're super honored to be a part of that and, and with those guys. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm the executive coach here at Real Life. Uh, it's been a while since I've got to be here. Pullman's got me a couple times, but you guys have been deprived since uh, uh, December 15th of 2015. <laughs> Woo! I know, you feel deprived, I bet. No. Uh, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be on the stage to share, uh, share what God has put on my heart this whole week through his text. And yes, I am a character expert uh, in regards to Jacob, not because I uh, understand Jacob of the Bible so well, but because I have a Jacob. I have a, uh, a Jacob, which you will see shortly, uh, but I understand uh, the, the grasping and the wanting and the desiring and, the, and, the, and just the fire to persevere and to move through and to not be satisfied. And isn't it interesting as we continue with our sermon series here. We uh, were with Abraham, and that was an awesome story of faith. And then we were with Isaac, is an awesome story of redemption. And then, of course, following up that, to close out, you'd put in Jacob. Wait a minute. We're putting in a usurper to close it out? The fathers of our, our faith? And so I find that interesting, uh, how God is going to show us how he uses the people with great faith and the people with great forgiveness and using the people that, that, that you wouldn't think would be used, that we would all maybe say doesn't qualify. And so, uh, by the way, this is the Bible. You know, last week when I came here to the 11 o'clock service, I sat in the back and I usually sit in that service with my family because I'm in Pullman for the first couple services. And I was looking at the row, and I'm always kind of seeing who I know and who I don't know. And I was looking down at the row, I was like, oh, that guy must be new. Guess why I thought that guy might be new? Because he brought his Bible. And do you know that it's okay for you to bring your Bible to church? Do you know that it's okay for you to have passionate, excited conversations about not the Seattle Seahawks or not the Cougars or not the Vandals, but you could be like, oh, and did you see last week when he was talking about that? And what did you see in having these conversations? Can you imagine walking into a church lobby and seeing all those chairs on the side and Pullman seeing all the tables and seeing people having their Bibles out and just going like, but yeah, but wasn't that cool? Isn't this amazing? Aren't I wowed? Yeah. Like, so it's okay. I know we're going to put it on the screen. I know you have your bulletins, and I know you've never thrown one of those away, and you've kept them all stacked because it's God's precious word, and you've never gotten rid of it, and you have a stack about this high of all the bulletins that you've made notes in, and you probably transferred your notes from, from the bulletin to your Bible like everybody does. Bring your Bibles. We're a church that preaches the word of God, and this is the power, and this is where it's coming from, Okay. You can't even not even say amen to that and be like, that'd be total like a, a heretic. Be like, I don't know. All right. Meanwhile, back in the sermon, um, we're starting off in Genesis 25 here. And I want to uh, jump back to Genesis 25 so we can see the, the founding, the starting point for, for uh, Jacob, for Jacob. So here's what happened. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. 
The Lord answered the prayer and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, uh, within her and she said, why is this happening to me? And of course, when that would happen inside of you, a lady, if your babies were jostling, you'd say, why is this happening? She'd go have a conversation with the Lord like she did. And said, so, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord and the Lord said to her, two nations, two nations are in your womb. And two peoples from within, your, from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Interesting. I wonder how that's going to play out. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in the womb. Well, that explains why they were fighting. I don't have a brother or sister, but I would fight with one if I had one. Um, The first uh, uh, to come out was red, and his whole body was uh, like a hairy garment. (laughs) Congratulations, Mom. There's your hairy garment. I found a picture of Esau, and I'd like to share it with you guys. (laughs) And there he is. Bigger teeth than I thought for a baby, but whatever. Looks like a tiny Chewbacca, doesn't it? So after this, his brother came out with his hand grasping at Esau's hill. So he was named Jacob because that's obviously what you do. You say, hey, that's obviously somebody grasping at somebody's hill. Their name should be Jacob or Yaakov, right? And so I happen to have a Jacob. And so let's take a look. Of course, the Jacob would be on the edge of the cliff of of the Grand Canyon where it's cracked on the side there and totally safe, right? Probably jumped over a a pole to get out there to get that great picture. Isn't that what a Jacob would do? Just, Just going for it, right? How about another Jacob? Last photo. That is a Seder photo of Jacob. Uh, and guess what happens at a Seder sometimes? You have this thing called uh, maror, which is the sin. And this year we kicked it up a notch. We had the extra hot beaver horseradish. And we said, if you're a man, if you're going to get after it, you take a big scoop of that. And so he did, and there's like several photos we don't need to show you, where it just goes like worse and red and like people. And the whole audience, I had one guy spit all over his table. Um, Marty turned his back to the audience when, during the sermon, and he took a, a, a giant one. And he, he almost lost it. He almost lost his lunch on that one. So you think about this, a Jacob would go all in, be so passionate about it. So Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. And the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter because he had great camouflage, obviously. Uh, A man of the open country, while Jacob was content uh, to stay at home among the tents. Now Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau. Because his dad was a hunter. Of course he loved the other hunter, right? But Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking up some stew, you know how you do, Uh, Esau came in from the open country and he was famished. Probably not a good hunter then. I mean, I don't know why he's hungry. Uh, He was famished. And he said, quick, little brother. And this is where you start seeing Jacob's personality come out. Well, first sell me your birthright. Okay. 
Well, look, I'm about to die, Esau said. So what good is the birthright to me? So I'll give it to you. No, but you got to swear. you got to promise, right? So, but Jacob said, swear to me first. And he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Look at this Jacob guy. Just weaving in there, just kind of looking for an angle. Man, I don't know how God would ever use somebody like that. So looking for an angle. So let's stop and let's jump onto the Esau wagon real quick here. So the birthright in biblical times is kind of a big deal. In their culture, you are the, if you're the oldest, you're the behor. You're, you're going to eventually inherit the beta of, and you're going to have a double portion, a double, double the inheritance that your siblings would, would get. And with that double inheritance, you're going to have probably more than double the responsibility. You're going to take care of your sisters and your aunts and uncles and grandma, everybody in the whole family, you're going to be taking care of them. So it's a pretty big responsibility and it's a pretty big thing to have. And can you think about this when you look at Esau? How hungry do you got to be to sell your birthright? Wouldn't you rather die than sell what God has has granted for you to, to steward in creation, to steward around your family, to take care of those things. But it seemed like he just kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, I swear. Here it is. Maybe even shucking responsibility. Not that hunters would do that. But, and so as you think about Esau and maybe try and turn this into your own life. So what did Esau do? He traded. He needed something very temporary, right? He was famished. Probably just so close to death. I don't know. Maybe, and maybe Jacob was just cooking stew in the middle of nowhere uh, and nobody else was around, but this was the stew he had to get. And he's so famished. So maybe as I look at my own life and this week, as I was uh, uh, chewing up the text and wrestling this, I was like, how does this apply to me? Maybe, maybe is there anything in my life that I have sold or traded away to get something just real quick? Is there any time in my life where I have given away legacy to get something real quick? And I would challenge you to, 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 to do an inventory of your life, and it hurts sometimes, and to go back and to say, where did I perform like Esau? Where was I quickly to give up something, to get something that was so temporary that I needed so bad that would affect eternity? Was it drugs? Because, you know, your high get, you get your high forever. Or is it affecting eternity because you need that, that immediate thing? Is it, is it pornography? Is it an affair? Is it, your, is, it your, is it your workplace where you're out of balance in your workplace and you don't see your kids and you don't spend time with your kids and you're chasing all those things because you're chasing money because you want to have a really nice boat for your family to go on that you can never be a part of? Not that that's my story. But do you have inventory in your life that you can look at? And where am I being like Esau? Do we trade our legacy? So that's the first point of Jacob where we see him sliding in and getting a birthright. Genesis 27 says, uh, when Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called 
for Esau, his older brother, or his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, um, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then get your equipment, because you all have equipment, right? Get your guns. No. Get your equipment, the quiver and bow, and go out to the open country and hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. So who did, who did Isaac say he wanted to give his blessing to? Esau. Now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke this to his son Esau. And when Esau left for the open country to hunt game and to bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your older brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Well, thanks, Mom. Good tip. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you to do. So he didn't do it. His mom made him do it, right? You know how it is. Your mom makes you do it. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way that he likes it. Take, uh, then take it to your father uh, to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to uh, Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man. Looks like an Ewok, mom. And uh, while I have smooth skin, like a, some sort of model, some sort of uh, uh, funny model. I don't know. I was trying to think of a, what, give me the story, aeropostol, apostrophe, what is it called? Yeah, that kind of model. Uh, what if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. So the mom does some fancy work. She uh, so gets some garments on him so he can apparently have hair like a goat. Uh, on him and fix that stuff up, and then he goes in uh, to to steal this blessing uh, from his father. And let's read about that here in Genesis uh, 27. Before we do that, so she fixed him up. She helped him do that. I wonder why she helped him do that. I wonder why she would be the, the, the conniving mom that would, usurp, would, would, that would not even allow her husband to give the birthright to where he was supposed to give. I wonder if she had any good reason to do that. Or is it in the text back here in Genesis 25? Two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. And I was doing, as I was doing research on this and, and looking at the different midrash and different things, I found this one lady, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. She looks like she's got a lot of stuff. All she did was ask questions for six minutes. And then she went on to another story. I was like, well, that doesn't really help my Western mind. But she asked questions like, did Isaac know? Did Isaac know that the blessing was supposed to go to Jacob? Do you think that, would you ever have a conversation with your spouse if the Lord told you that something was going to happen? And as we dive farther into the text, when you're reading about the story, uh, he talks about, you know, well, you have the voice of Jacob, but you feel like Esau. Yeah, all right. Might as well carry on through. And so there's all these great questions to think about with this text. Did he really know? Did it really happen? The text doesn't speak to that. But really, do you not know your children's voices? Did he not know what he was doing? Genesis 27, so he went to him and he kissed him. That's Jacob. 
when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, caught the smell of his clothes and he blessed him and he said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. Interesting. And may the sons of your mothers bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. And once a blessing is given, it's over. It's gone. There's no take backs because words have power. When you speak a blessing over somebody, you're asking God to, to intervene into their life. And when you speak a curse on somebody, you're asking somebody else to, to, to mess them up. Words have power. God's word has power. Amen? His text is strong. His text has power. His text has the power to change your life. After Isaac finished uh, blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too uh, prepared some tasty food uh, and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, my father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that I may give you or you may give me your blessing." And his father, Isaac, asked him, well, who are you? Because he probably didn't recognize his voice or his smell. Who are you? Well, I'm your son, he answered. Your firstborn son, your bohor, you know, the one who sold his birthright. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud, bitter cry, and he said to his father, bless me too, my father. But, as, but he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? Usurper. This is the second time he's taken advantage of me. He took my birthright. Did he take his birthright? Did he take it? That sounds like when we read it before, it sounds like that he gave it to him. He traded it out. And now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? You guys feeling sorry for Esau at this point? As I read it, I was. I was like, man, oh, bummer. This Jacob guy. I have made him Lord over you and have made him uh, made all the servants uh, or the relatives, his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud as his father Isaac answered him. Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness. Where was, where was Jacob's blessing? May God give you heaven's dew and the earth's richness. Away from the dew of the heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your older brother. Man, did we read that somewhere else? The older will serve the younger. God's fulfilling prophecy through this usurper, Jacob. But when you grow restless, you will throw, uh, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because uh, of the blessing of his father. 
that he had given him. And he said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother. When Rebekah was told what her older son Esau had said, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said, your brother is ticked. Right? Your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. Now, then my son, here's what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban and Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him. You know, what was that thing that my brother, I was mad at my brother. What was I mad at him for? That's right. He stole, he stole my, my blessing. Okay. All right. I forgot. I'll send word uh, for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Rebecca said he's uh, disgusted uh, that she's, I'm disgusted of living with the Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife among them uh, of this land, the Hittite women, then these, uh, like these, my life will not be uh, worth living. So he leaves. He leaves. And he goes, and what happens well, I don't want to step on anybody else's sermon, but is Jacob going to get some things that are coming to him? Is he going to get duped? Is he going to get fooled? Is he going to spend an extra seven years? Did the seeds that he planted come back and he get to harvest some of those as well? Yeah. Right? So here's where I want, to, I want you guys to land with this sermon. I had a gentleman I was talking to before, this, uh, before the first service, and his name was Jacob, and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for my next sermon. He's like, maybe you'll try and be nice, but like, I'm, you know, Jacob the liar, Jacob the usurper. <sighs> no, 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 no. Jacob, Jacob is passionate. Jacob is willing to fight, claw, scratch, do things kind of backwards, kind of illegal, but he has kana. He has passion. He has, his bones are on fire. He wants it. He wants it so bad that he's willing to, to chase after it. And who does God use? Who does he use? Who does he name? Israel. The one who wants it bad. You might be a Jacob in here. That may not even just be your name, but that may be your, your nature. I am a high persuader according to personality profiles. And you know what happens when I let my nature go beyond God's design? I go from a persuader to a manipulator. But I have to stay in check with God's design. And you know what happens if you're a high controller like Aaron and you go beyond being a high controller? You become a dictator. So you have to submit your design. And here's what Jacob finds out when he's on his way. He decided he, the, the sun went down and he decided he needed to go to sleep. And so he found a real nice comfy stone to go to sleep on like you do. You know, just grab a stone and go to sleep. And God came to him in a vision. And in this vision, he said that there were angels uh, descending and ascending uh, from, from heaven, and that, that God, uh, God was, the amazing things were happening. And here's what he says, and you don't have it in your notes, but you should brought your Bible. It says, Genesis 28, uh, it says, he said, surely, surely the Lord is in this place. Now, why did that shock him? Why did that shock him that the Lord was in this place, on this stone, in the middle of, of nothingness? Why would God be with him? 
He stole the birthright. Or purchased a birthright. He stole a blessing. So are you trying to say, Josh, that, that God is going to be with me even when I'm running and hiding? Even when I've traded away something very temporary that's going to affect eternity, that God's still going to work with somebody like that? He is. Is it okay to be unsatisfied? Is it okay to want more? Submitted to God's will, absolutely it is. And even when it's not, God seems to work it out like he knows the plan better than we do. What if you're a doctor and you're, and, you're, and you're not happy with the way a procedure is always done and you invent a new way and you are unsatisfied, but now you've invented a better way? What if you're a teacher and you figure out a way to teach better? That's okay. You, the way you're built is okay. God knew. Are you an, a usurper for others? Or are you a usurper for yourself? Do you want to do things so you can get or so you can give and be part of the community? Those are the things I've been wrestling with this week. And Jacob's, if your name is Jacob, if, if you feel like you've been beat up by Jacob's servants before, you are exactly, you're exactly what God's looking for to a T. As we enter into our implications, we'll go ahead and, and get ready for, for communion. If we could have the communion folks go get that. You know, we do have an open community at our church. Um, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you believe that he is for you and that he is with you, we invite you to join with us in taking communion. So please hold that uh, till, the, till the end and we'll take it all together. So implication number one, God is always fully present. In their world, he was in a location and Jacob has this realization that God is with him right where he is. That's a big deal. And we're like, yeah, sure he is. I got my phone, my Bible's right here, everything. God's always with me. Is he? Do you act like it? I don't. I mean, can you just imagine if you're just like, yeah, Jesus, we're watching this. Really, that's an interesting YouTube. Why would you watch my kids hurt themselves like that? Why would you watch people that I love make fools of themselves? Do we act like he's always with us? Is he present? Second implication. Your design is not a mistake. The way that you're built, the way that your drive is put together is not a mistake. It's a mistake when it's not submitted to the, to the Lord. It's a mistake when you don't run it through this. But how you're built is not, you, you are not an accident. You are not a problem. Here's what the Lord says about you, Psalm 139, 13. They, they said, for you, uh, you're created my innermost, inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. He built you exactly like that. Exactly for what you're for. And he's calling it out in you. And the whole world is complete and our communities are complete when we live out the design. You're not, you're not a mistake. Can you love, next implication, can you love about yourself what God loves about you? And can you live it out in your community? 
What does God love about me? Ask yourself that question. It's a hard question because pretty self-critical. What does God love about me? Well, I'm kind of overweight. I'm, uh, I'm nice to people. I think he loves that. You know what God loves about me? I'm willing to drop on a dime and do what he asked me to do. I, I'm learning. I've done it a couple of times really hard. And, and it hurt really bad, but I was willing. And he knows at the end of the day, when it comes down to the bottom, bottom of my being, if he asks me to do something and I'm smart enough to hear it, I will do it. Even if I don't understand it. And I don't understand why he would use a usurper. I don't understand why we go from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Doesn't make sense in my mind, but... I'm going to believe him at his thing. Maybe it was to give me hope. Maybe it's to give you hope. So as you think about those things, as you think about the implications in, in what the Lord is doing in your life, ask yourself those questions. Can you take inventory this week and start writing down, what have I sold out for a bowl of soup? I have some meals that were very expensive what is that meal? It doesn't always have to be food, does it? And do you think that we're going to have the opportunity to have some more meals coming in the next five or ten years where you're going to have to make a trade-off decision? And are you going to be able to hear the Lord well enough to make that decision for him, not for your immediate gratification and your immediate stuff? And what would happen? What's the result of that? And can you ask that question of yourself? What does God love about you, Jacob? What does God love about you? It's a tough question. What does he love about you? And how does what he love about me fit in my community? How does it fit in this community? What is God doing in your mind right now? What is he telling you? He's speaking to some of you in your minds right now. He's telling you something. I love this about you. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're important to me. I've got plans for you. You will affect lives. There's people that only you can reach. Are you with me? So as we think about communion and you, and you want to take communion, are you with them? Are you willing to ask those tough questions this week of yourself? I don't always like to look back unless I can learn something and then I want to look forward, but I need to know what, what, where I was before so I can know where I need to go now. If you want to ask those questions this week, join me with communion. The night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he said, take this and eat. This is my body. Let's take an eat. And then he took the cup. And he said, drink from it, all of you. This is the, my blood of the covenant. Partner with him. Thank you, uh, Heavenly Father, for your your word, Lord. 
I ask you would just inspire all of us to dig in and chew it up more that we are people of the text, not just because we heard it on Sunday from some stage, but that we live with it. It's around us. It's, 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 it's with us. It's, our Bibles are the most precious thing that we have because we want to hear from you cleanly and clearly, Father God. I ask that this uh, message here, Lord, that you would inspire all of the, the folks that feel like a Jacob, that they've been a deceiver maybe at some point in their life. They've been a, uh, some, something that they're not maybe proud of, but how, God, can you use that? And, Lord, for all of us, maybe we're in the Esau mode where we're just sitting there going, yeah, yep, we go to church, I'm a Christian, I attend, I look good, smell good, but I'm dead on the inside. I don't know why you've created me for and I don't know my place in the community. Lord, help me find it. Father, I ask that you would put that upon us. Speak to us mightily this week, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Real Life. If you'd like more information on who we are, what's happening in our church, and how you can get involved, connect with us on Facebook and Twitter, and visit our website, liferotp.com.